With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. South Dakota lawmakers are narrowing in on a plan to reduce the overall sales tax rate. But the exact form of that plan is still undecided. SDPB's Lee Strubinger has more. Two tax cut proposals are still alive, and both reduce the overall sales tax rate. One version, favored by House lawmakers, cuts it by 0.3%, resulting in an approximately $104 million cut. The other, backed by Senate Republicans, cuts the sales tax by 0.2% and sunsets after two years. That proposal would cut around $69 million. Until Tuesday, the Senate position on a tax cut was unclear. Now, Senate Majority Leader Casey Crabtree says Senate Republicans are working on a tax cut that's best for everybody. We're on the path of, of delivering that in the sales tax, and uh, there's details to work out yet, but that's definitely the path we're, we're taking. Percentages are something that, are, that everybody's still discussing and whether or not that sunset is included or not. Um, those things are just ongoing and fluid discussions at this point. Tuesday morning, lawmakers defeated revived proposals to eliminate the state sales tax on groceries and provide property tax relief. While state lawmakers are debating the varying degrees and permanency of a sales tax cut, they're also negotiating funding for what's known as the Big Three, which is education, community service providers, and salaries for state employees. Funding increases for those are typically tied together. How the tax cut debate shakes out could affect that funding. House Majority Leader Will Mortensen says the House may push for a larger tax cut if the proposal is only temporary. If we're going to be talking about things like sunsets, though, we might be talking about a larger tax cut because there's sort of the, uh, uh, well, there's the sunset provision on it. And so the only thing that would affect the big three is if we're talking about um, increasing how large the tax cut is if there's a sunset attached. SDPB employees are state employees and would be affected by salary increases. Lawmakers have until Thursday to determine which tax cut plan to back and craft the final pieces of the state budget. I'm SDPB's Lee Strubinger and Pierre. A bill allowing municipalities and counties to join together to build regional jails has died in the House. That final vote was taken on March 2nd. Senate Bill 74 has had a long journey. It came out of an interim study that met several times last year and heard hours of testimony to find solutions to a serious shortage of county jails. But just as funding was a sticking point before the summer study, it was still the major problem after all the studying was done. Victoria Wicks has this final report on Senate Bill 74. Senate Bill 74 sought to allow counties to join together in regional jail authorities to share facilities and expenses. Testimony during interim committee meetings indicated voters rarely agree to a property tax increase for jails. In the last amended bill, there were proposals to get around that problem. House Speaker Hugh Bartles explained how it worked. When the county commission votes to join the authority and the agreement will be written and there will be a maximum tax levy for that county in the agreement and the vote to join the authority would be, would be referable at that point. The last version of the bill allowed jail authorities to levy up to 90 cents per thousand dollars of property value in addition to all other levies authorized by law. That exempted that extra levy from property tax limits put in place in 1997. In the last House hearing, Representative Marty Overweg said he wanted to find a way to help counties with jail shortages, but he could not vote for this bill. Whether we're building jails or building whatever, we cannot forget one thing. We're not smarter than the people that elected us here. And you can't give authority to people to raise taxes on our citizens without the citizens having a vote. 
He said allowing local officials to incur debt, sell bonds, and raise taxes without first giving the people the opportunity to vote on it is un-American. Overweg replied to the proponents who argued that the bill gives counties local control. You talk about local control? I love local control. But the voters are the real local control. The Department of Revenue also opposed this bill in committee hearings because it created a new tax and because all other functions in the bill can already be accomplished under current law. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Victoria Wicks. The fate of Canyon Lake Elementary in Rapid City has been decided. The school, first built in the late 1940s, is now formally scheduled for closure, except a little later than first announced. SDPB's C.J. Keene has more. About two dozen parents and teachers from Canyon Lake Elementary joined the discussion at Tuesday night's Rapid City Area Schools Board meeting. The board voted to close Canyon Lake Elementary following the 2023-24 school year. The possible closure has long been discussed by the board, but the announcement late last month to close following this May drew heavy responses from parents and staff. Board First Vice President Troy Carr offered an apology to the school's community. I did not realize until the meeting um, how short of a time it was to be informed and make a decision. I kept hearing about the talk of closing Canyon Lake. I came on the board wanting to get things done, so I was like, boom, let's close it. Court says we need to close it, let's close it. I did not realize the emotion of that decision. Fellow board member Clay Colomb opposed the initial timeline for closure and says communications with parents should be a priority moving forward. I just didn't feel that uh, worked in dealing with parents, in dealing with families, in dealing with the community. There needs to be more communication. There needs to be more um, conversations to be had. This is a very you know, difficult decision, as I said, for us, but also what, the, what it places into our, to the families of the district. Ultimately, it's the infrastructure that's leading to the closure of the 70-plus-year-old building. RCAS Superintendent Nicole Swigart says the district can't keep kicking the can. Although this is a motion to close it at the end of 23-24, there's a lot. I mean, there's two meetings a month, right, between now and then, where new information could be brought forward, changes could be made. But if we, if we just say, well, we're going to talk about it later, will we talk about it later? Despite the emotion of earlier meetings between administrators and parents, this meeting was cordial and parents thanked the board for hearing their perspective and delaying the closure. I'm SDPB's C.J. Keene. Senate lawmakers are rejecting a proposal to fully fund nursing homes. That comes after nearly a dozen nursing homes in the state have closed in the last year. Critics of the proposal say the idea ties the hands of the committee that crafts the state budget. Republican State Senator John Wick is among them. He says lawmakers are looking to fully fund nursing homes this year. There have been opportunities with uh, extra money that has uh, come through the last few years to try and get caught up to 100 percent. And uh, Lord willing that the economy continues to be favorable to South Dakota will stay there. According to a recent report, nursing homes are compensated at 75 percent for Medicaid residents. Over half the state's nursing home residents are on Medicaid. Supporters of 100% funding say those costs are passed on to other residents. Senators rejected the proposal 27 to 8. Legislative leaders have voiced support for studying the state's nursing home funding formula over the summer. SDPB's legislative coverage is supported by the Friends of SDPB with corporate support from the South Dakota Bar Foundation and SDN Communications. 
The House failed to override a veto from Governor Kristi Noem striking down a hotel tax bill. House Bill 1109 increased the tax local governments can charge on some hotels from $2 to $4 per room. It passed both chambers. Nome then vetoed the bill, calling it a tax increase. The House tried to overturn that veto Tuesday. Representative Becky Drury spoke in support of overriding the governor's veto. She said lawmakers should be focused on helping business improvement districts. I'm asking you today for a green vote to override this veto. I feel if it's a direct hit on tourism, which is our number two industry in South Dakota, and why we would impede them, I don't know. I don't think we should. I think we should let them collect a fairer amount. And it's enabling legislation. It'll allow those local governments, the local lodging industry, the local business improvement districts, the ability to set their own cap. Opponents say the bill introduced more taxes for state residents. Representative John Mills says he's grateful for the governor's veto. I also wanted to make note that I looked up what's the change in the consumer price index since 2005. It's 48 percent. But the tax we're looking at changing is 100 percent. Now, I don't know how many of you came here saying I'm going to double your taxes, but I didn't. And I'll be voting for no, and I hope you'll join me. Proponents needed a two-thirds majority to override the veto. They fell six votes short. The House has passed a bill revising the members that make up the state's Medical Marijuana Oversight Committee. Positions include 18 members that range from lawmakers to parents. Representative Kevin Jensen was the prime sponsor of Senate Bill 134. He says the expanded number of committee members allows for a more diverse committee. The, the Senate brought 134, which did change the makeup of the committee. And then after discussions with some of the committee me members and some Senate members, um, we had discussions and, and thought it might be uh, a good idea to expand it, like we have some of the other co uh, committees that we have. Um, so the, the bill was already coming over as a suggested change in the makeup of the committee. We just added a few more people and clarified. The bill passed on a 46 to 23 vote. It now heads to the governor's desk. Meanwhile, the Senate has killed a bill regulating industrial hemp-derived Delta-8 and Delta-10 products. House Bill 1226 also set out to regulate other hemp-derived psychoactive compounds. Senator Sidney Davis was the prime sponsor of the bill. She tabled the bill Monday without debate from any other member of the Senate. The Senate passed the motion on a 28-7 vote. South Dakota is joining 45 other states in an amicus brief pressuring TikTok to comply with a consumer protection investigation. Attorney General Marty Jackley says they're trying to determine if the China-based social media platform used deceptive tactics that harmed users, especially children and teens. The brief argues TikTok didn't keep important information and share it with states. TikTok is facing increasing pressure over concerns it shares personal data with the Chinese government. Governor Kristi Noem recently banned agencies and employees from using TikTok on state-owned devices. In women's basketball, top-seeded South Dakota State defeated six-seeded Omaha 93-51 to win the Summit League Tournament Championship and a bid to the NCAA Tournament. The Jackrabbits shot 62% and made 13 of their 19 three-point tries.
The Helpline Center is seeking nominations for the Black Hills Spirit of Volunteerism Awards. You can help recognize volunteers, groups, and businesses for the ceremony in April. Nominate those in your life who give back at helplinecenter.org. The deadline is March 9th at 5 p.m. With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. And that is your daily news update. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SDPB News and visit sdpb.org news to stay up to date on our journalism as it comes in. And as always, thank you for listening.